You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. A Midnight Clear by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. It took seven years and a stack of triplicate forms to have someone declared legally dead, so Scully's life had merely been in limbo, awaiting a final verdict. Always one to rush to judgment, her mother had shown her a headstone with her name on it. You don't know what it was like for us, she'd said. It's a miracle you're here. She didn't feel like a miracle. She felt light, almost hollow. She returned to the Hoover building as though a ghost haunting her old life, and the faces she passed reflected the eerie sensation back at her. Agent Scully, Hank Higgins, the security guard at the door, gaped openly. I haven't seen you in months. I asked where you'd been off to and they told me you were... gone. Well, I'm back. Thanks. She replied lightly as she fished out her keys and then walked through the metal detector. But just visiting today. She had one more round of doctor's hoops, both physical and psychological, to jump through before they would let her back on active duty. As for what would happen after that, it was up to Mulder. He too seemed to look at her as a benevolent entity from the other side, a welcome one, but an unsettling curiosity nonetheless. She found him in almost the exact same spot in which she'd left him months before, typing furiously amid piles of folders, a pencil clutched between its teeth. I could use your help, she said by way of announcement, Mulder's shoulders tense, and he swung around in the chair, looking vaguely alarmed. Scully, he said relaxing a bit when he saw her standing whole in front of him. What are you doing here? I was in the neighborhood, tree shopping actually, and I thought you might be able to help me. She did not want to have this conversation in the office, where anyone might be listening, nor in her home, where she could still see Dwayne Barry through the window. Sure, of course, he answered, already scrambling to get his coat. It's close to quitting time anyway. What are you working on? She asked as they waited by the elevator. Oh, nothing in particular, he replied and scuffed at the floor with his shoe. Skinner had told her the truth, that Mulder was combing the abduction literature for any connection to Skyland Mountain. She was home, but he was still stuck up there, among the waving pines. You're starting Christmas early this year, he said as they exited into the chilly evening air, looking for a tree already. Best to shop early before the good ones are all gone. She wanted a big one this year large enough to span the window and remove the smell of fresh paint in her living room. She had half a mind to leave it up through Valentine's Day. They took her car, the one that still had a quarter tank of gas left from before. Mulder redirected the heating vents so they were all pointed at her. We had a cat for a few years when I was younger. Samantha brought him home from school, and by the time my father got home, she'd named the cat Fred and dressed him up in doll clothes. Fred loved Christmas, especially the tree. In the middle of the night, he'd mount that thing like it was a mechanical bull, and then it was midnight at the OK Kitty Corral. Your mom must have loved that. Oh, that was just the start of things. He would shake the tree until the ornaments fell off and then play hockey with them around the house. Sam loved that animal, but when he ran off and disappeared, I don't think my parents looked too hard for him. The Christmas tree lot was doing a rather slow business, and Scully was able to find a parking spot with no trouble at all. She inhaled deeply taking in the smell of pine and sharp winter air. The wind stood Mulder's hair on end, and he squinted at her across the roof of the car. What do you say, Scully? 
Let's go bag us some big Christmas game. She walked directly past the wreaths and smaller trees to majestic firs on the far side of the lot. Temporary spotlights were rigged up on makeshift wooden poles, highlighting some of the more impressive specimens. She circled, honing in on her prey. What do you think of this one? He asked, hauling a seven-footer to its full height. Crooked at the top. He laid it back down and they moved on. Scully reached in with one glove and wrapped her fingers around a sturdy trunk. Thick branches tickled her nose and she pulled the tree upright. What do you think of this one? She asked, craning her head back to see the point. What's that? Mulder teased from the other side. I thought I heard a tree talking to me. Very funny, she said, shaking it to help the branches descend. How does it look? It's a little on the thin side. She replaced the tree and dusted the loose needles from her hands. They wandered deeply into the parking lot forest, edging away from the other customers who kept the lighted areas. Hey, Scully, he said. Check this out. It's a Skinner tree. She turned around to see him holding a tall tree with bare branches at the top. Prune it back a little and it would be okay, she said. I'm going to tell him you said that. He put the tree down and disappeared into the darkness. Mulder? Hmm? Speaking of Skinner, I talked to him earlier today. His voice was growing farther away, so she crept closer to the sound. We talked about my coming back to work. She heard his footsteps stop, but he didn't say anything. I've passed the physicals so far, and I've met with my assigned counselor. I could be back on active duty as soon as next week. That's... that's great, Scully. She ducked around a tree, but he had vanished again. He told me I wouldn't be able to come back to the X-Files, she said, still pursuing him. He said, Mulder, where are you? I'm right here, he replied quietly, pushing back some branches. She blew her hair back out of her eyes. He said they won't let us be partnered again unless you complete the review process over what happened. You haven't filed a final report. There's nothing final to report, you know that. You haven't met with your EAP counselor. He ducked her gaze. Like that would make a difference anyway. It would mean that we would be partners again. We could maybe start to put this all behind us and get back to the way things were. Things will never be the way they were. He shot back. I can't believe you don't see that. They're concerned about you, Mulder. They're afraid you haven't moved past this case. Your case, he said. You can't even own it. What did your EAP counselor have to say about that? You think, what, that you'll come back to the X-Files and we'll just pretend you were never abducted? This is the most significant development we've ever had, our biggest lead. And you're not only refusing to investigate, you've turned a blind eye completely. Here, she'd been thinking he was trying to protect her from coming back to work. In truth, he was protecting her case his case. Whatever. Maybe they're right, she said hoarsely. Maybe we shouldn't be working together. She turned away into the trees, winding through the dark in search of an escape. She heard him following her. Scully, wait, wait a second. She didn't slow down until she'd reached the lighted area of the parking lot again. What? She asked, folding her arms around herself. Sit down a second. He took her by the elbow and gestured toward a nearby bench. She shook him off, but followed him to the bench anyway. You don't want me to investigate my own case, she said, and you didn't even have the guts to tell me. I don't think you want to investigate it. That's a big difference. From what I understand, you've been doing little else for months now, Mulder, and haven't gotten anywhere. This big lead you speak of, where is it? There have been no arrests. You have no suspects. If we had something tangible, I'd say let's go for it. I'd be right there with you, knocking down doors and demanding answers. He rose up slightly and pulled out his wallet. 
Inside was a folded piece of paper, which he handed to her. What's this? Your mother had this filed, but I intercepted it. It wouldn't have gone through anyway. She unfolded the paper and tilted it toward the light. It was an application to have her legally deceased. Under cause of death, it read homicide, and Dwayne Barry was the stated killer. Suspected manner of death was blank. It was a bunch of lies, Mulder said, his hands shoved deep in his pockets. It's irrelevant now. She folded up the paper and tried to give it back to him, but he wouldn't accept it. She shrugged and ripped it in half. You see, he turned to her, that's your answer to everything. And your answer is to keep carrying it around forever. That's somehow more productive? There's nothing useful here, Mulder. She stood up, casting a shadow over him. I want to come back. I want to find out what happened to me. But I can't spend the rest of my life caught in that one moment. She gave the torn paper back to him and left him sitting there. When he caught up with her, she had found the perfect tree. Seven feet, strong, full branches, and a beautiful point at the top. You know, I never really got the connection between dragging a fir tree inside the house and the birth of Jesus Christ. It's not like there were pine trees present at the nativity scene. You'd be better off decorating a bale of hay or a palm tree. The tree is a symbol of life, she said without looking at him. With the help of an attendant, they got the tree tied to the roof of her car. If you'd let me pick up my car, Mulder said, I can come back with you and help you get it into the house. No need. She could find a neighbor to help her. Just drop me back at work then, he said as she slammed the car door. Of course. When they reached the Hoover, he unbuckled his seatbelt but did not exit her car. Scully, it's not that I don't want you back. It's what I've wanted for months. More than anything. But she had returned with no real information. No tinder to stroke his fire. It must be such a disappointment. I'm here, she said. I'm back. What happened, Mulder? I want to understand it as much as you do but I have no memories, no way to process this part of my past. It's empty and there's nothing there for me now. I have no choice but to move forward. If you can't go with me, then I'll go alone. I can't be both a partner and a case file to you. I can't and I won't. And I can't declare it closed. She sighed and pressed the button to unlock the car door. Good night, Mulder. She left him on the curb, his coat flaring in the wind, as he watched her drive away. Kindly, Luke Flanagan next door helped her wrestle the tree into her apartment and get it centered in the stand. She spent the whole evening dragging a chair around and stringing up the lights. It was close to midnight when she placed the last ornament on the branch. She turned off the lamp and admired her handiwork, and the room glowed with soft, colored lights, the tree twinkling at her in a merry array of tinsel, silver globes, and red-nosed reindeer. She jumped at the quiet knock on her door. Mulder stood outside in the hall, and she hesitated a moment before deciding to risk her Christmas spirit by letting him inside. He hung back at the door for a long moment, and it occurred to her that he probably hadn't been to her house since it was last a crime scene. The tree looks great, he said with open admiration. What do you want, Mulder? I know it's late, but I saw your tree on. It's very late, but not too late, I don't think. He reached inside his coat and pulled out a folder. Here, she flipped open the cover. It's my final report, he said. I thought you might like to read it and see if there's anything you want me to add. Dwayne Barry's picture rattled her, but she made herself look. She scanned through all the details, from her blood in his trunk to the decision to terminate her life support at the hospital. She skipped to the end, where the case was marked unsolved pending further investigation. He was watching her for a reaction, waiting for her to object, she knew. 
She drew a long breath and met his gaze. It looks complete to me, for now. He smiled broadly. You see there? I signed at the end. Like Christmas come early, she said, deadpan. She handed the report back to him. Can I offer you some eggnog, Mulder? He made a face. That stuff is disgusting. No thanks. I should get going anyway. Merry Christmas, Scully. She shut the door behind him and leaned against it, alone once more with her tree. Merry Christmas, she said. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.